Okay. So today's conversation, I feel like the universe was trying to stop, but Carly and I were like, no way. <laughs> um, I feel like it was the epitome of like mom life and business life. Like I've got this thing and I've got this business thing. <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're going to have this conversation. Um, so I'm talking today with Carly. Her and her husband own Ascension Chiropractic in Raymore, which is outside of Kansas City, if you're local. Um, and I am going to chat with her, like all things motherhood, all things business, self-care, chiropractic, choices in pregnancy. We're just going to kind of see where this conversation goes because there's so many things we could talk about. And we're just excited to be having this conversation live because all of these things need more light shine shown shined on them. Yes. So if you want to introduce yourself and just kind of take it away. Yeah. Um, so I'm Carly, like Taylor said, and um, my husband and I have been in business together for almost a year and a half. And currently what life kind of looks like is uh, we are obviously still in the new stages of being business owners, but we also have two small children at home. We are in the middle of transitioning to a homeschool lifestyle here soon, coming next month. Um, on top of, that. yeah, on top of preparing for our third baby that we don't know the gender, don't know anything like that. We're just, we got that happening at the end of September, beginning of October, somewhere in there. And so that will be a transitional moment for me too. Um, as I've been getting used to becoming a business owner, I will be stepping away a little bit more and doing more of the back end things at that point in time. So we can have more quality time with the kids at home. We can we can maximize our time together where they're not in school every day for seven hours. Um, so the stress and the challenges will probably shift just a little bit. And I I mean, obviously there will still be stress with those kinds of things too and pivoting and becoming a mom to three, but I'm excited for it. So far, so good. So, so tell me, your kids have gone to traditional school and now they're coming home, yes? Yeah, it's it's a hybrid kind of setup, which is nice because I, I kind of like dabbling just a little bit to see if things are a good fit. Um, a lot of people, I think like myself, like you probably are that way too. But um, my son has not been in school at all yet. So this will be his first taste of it. And then my daughter has been in a traditional private school. So she's been used to longer days, sitting in a desk, doing all the things. And she's really liked it. But we've just kind of learned with traditional schooling um, that there's still a lot of fluff around the school day. Mm -hmm. And I think she really craves innovation and creativity and being able to do a little bit more of her own thing, which is why this hybrid setup will be like three days in school, two days at home homeschooling. It's going to be a good, I think, mix for us. How do you find that? Like, I, we might have to talk after this because like I'm <laughs> for myself. Um, yeah. Because we keep saying, well, I say we, but mainly I keep saying that this year, like my son's starting kindergarten, he's going to traditional public school, but I'm having a lot of feelings about it. And I just keep saying it's a trial year. Like, we're just going to see how it goes. He's super excited about it. So we're just going to see how it goes. But I keep telling myself that like, if I want to change my mind, I can. If I want to pull him home, I can. And so to see that you 
have kind of like you're you're doing it your way you tried it one way now you're trying it this way that's really it's nice for me to hear <laughs> yeah absolutely it's nice and affirming to feel like sometimes when you're making choices or you're conflicted on decisions that other people are going through similar things because not that you wish anybody you know confusion or you know difficult times or anything like that but it's nice to know you're not alone in that so it's not as lonely of a journey as you might originally think it is but I was a school teacher before getting into business with my husband and I was on that side of things and it's true like even I taught language arts for sixth through 12th grade and then I got into gifted and talented education with a language arts focus and there's as hard as you try and as hard as you work to make everything interesting there's still a lot of fluff that kind of happens throughout the day because at some point you got to grade the papers at some point you have to do the technical side of teaching too and it's also when kids are there so there's outside things to prep for and just as reluctant as you may be to admit it there's a lot of fluff so I think homeschooling is going to give us a good mix of managing our time better and making sure that we can curate what we're doing for our kids that aligns better with their interests too. So that's what I'm looking forward to with that. Yeah. I love that so much. And it's just a perfect example for everyone listening of doing motherhood your own way and being in the driver's seat of your own freaking life, because we don't have to follow, like there are no rules. Like yes, everybody just sends their kid to school and that's what we do, but you don't have to, like you have these other choices and it doesn't have to be all one or the other. Like if you're not, you're like, I can't homeschool my kids. Okay. Well, like something like this, there's hybrid options. There's, there's other options. And it's just, it's just an, it's just a great example of like, do what works for your family, do what works for you. And if it works now and it doesn't work in a different season, then change it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's lots of flexibility there. I mean, I think sometimes older generations look at us as being pretty impulsive when it comes to those things. Um, I think we have to set that aside a little bit. Like there's wisdom from those other generations that can be taken into account, but the fact still remains that honestly, you kind of have to roll with the punches and you have to just be able to pivot, which I've said so much lately. Oh my God. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a word <laughs> just like Ross from friends. Like I've, I've talked about that a lot too, but it's just, uh, it's true though. I mean, everything, it doesn't have to be a defeating moment just because something doesn't work out. You just pivot and you analyze and you change and you just figure out, like you said, what works for your family. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of that, as far as like doing things your own way and pivoting and what works for your family, like you are expecting the end of September, you said, and you are making some pivots like this pregnancy versus your last couple of pregnancies. And you are doing things maybe a little quote unquote unconventional. Yep. Like, <laughs> tell me, tell me about that. Okay. Make this a concise story. I, will I know do it's impossible. Uh, I know we start talking about our birth experiences and you're like, there's can only be so many ways to tell it, but then you <laughs> it like it's a brand new thing to everyone um For sure. so the very first time was a traditional hospital birth um my daughter's about to turn eight in October and uh we just didn't know anything back then like 
when I say that, I mean, we didn't do anything to educate ourselves on preparing. Um, we just knew we needed daycare and a pediatrician and, um, things, you know, extra material things, of course, more money, all that stuff. And then you had to line that up with your nine to five and figure out maternity leave. You know, that's a big thing for us too. Um, so when I say we didn't know anything, that's more of what I mean, but then also in conjunction with chiropractic and my health, um, and my baby's health at that time, I knew nothing. So long story short with her, we had a traditional hospital birth. I try not to reflect on it in a negative light because it was still the moment we became parents and it was really warm that day. It was really beautiful. My water broke in the car after, um, I had an appointment the previous day where I didn't know what a uterine sweep was or sweeping of the membranes meant, but I had a friend who was also expecting and she asked me if I was going to do that. And once I learned by her definition, what that was, I thought, yeah, I'm kind of over being pregnant. That's fine. So 38 and a half weeks in she, my OB did that. And, um, within 24 hours, my water broke. So after work, got in the car, water broke, went to the hospital. And when they checked me, they were just trying to verify that it was amniotic fluid A. And then B, of course, once they verified that, they were checking to see how dilated I was, which I was only a centimeter. So we were in labor for a total of 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And of that 24 hours, three and a half were spent pushing to pretty much no avail. Um, I learned later from chiropractic care after having my daughter that my sacrum was pretty rocked forward. I didn't have great pelvic alignment and I have any balance there. So she was getting caught on my sacrum the entire time. Wow. At which point they said, you know, we'll like, we'll try the vacuum extraction. We'll do it a couple of times. It's 140 pounds of pressure. So we're going to pop that on her head. And if we can't tug and successfully get her out after the second time, we will do a cesarean. And of course you're at your weakest and most vulnerable point then, you know, I've had no food. Oh my God. No yeah. Um, I've had all the drugs in my system to try to cope with what I thought was unrelenting pain at that time. And, uh, they pulled on her twice and they got her out on the second try, but she was pretty severely subluxated. And in our office, we talk about all that means is really there's a miscommunication neurologically. So from brain to the rest of the body, you know, her neck has been pulled on severely, her head's been twisted and pulled on severely. Things are misfiring, miscommunicating. So she's got high bilirubin levels. We stay in the hospital an extra day um, and eventually go home. And again, you know, we became parents. It was a beautiful thing, but there was just so much that I would have opted to do differently had I known it then, but I did not. Um, fast forward to my son's birth four years later, he is born at a birthing center in Overland Park and he comes very quickly. I mean, middle of the night, I start breathing heavy or I wake up from breathing heavy, go back to sleep for a couple more hours, wake up, same thing and, um, start timing contractions, which are fairly inconsistent. And then before I know it, they're very consistent and about two minutes apart and we have a 30 minute drive. So we hop in the car with my daughter, you know, heavily sleeping and um, we're racing out to Overland Park at this point to have the baby, get there, nine centimeters dilated, um, 
barely make it into the water, which is where I wanted to manage my pain. Wow. And um, 20 minutes of pushing finally had him, and he was a 10-pound baby. Oh, wow. Um, so he came fast and furiously. Um, yeah. It was a wonderful. You're, not a, you're, you're a small person. You're like a petite person. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> um, it was a great, it honestly, like, I remember thinking I'm never going to forget how painful this was because that was entirely drug-free. And it was, I mean, anybody telling you that birth is not painful is really trying to, um, protect and bubble wrap your feelings there or your concerns, but, uh, it is painful. I personally feel that that connection between my brain and the rest of the body, the fact that I was getting prenatal chiropractic care the entire time. I think that all lent itself to my body effectively communicating that, Hey, you're in labor. It's time to get this baby out. And, um, we successfully, I successfully pushed him out after only 20 minutes instead of three and a half. So proof that women can have larger babies, just saying. They can. They can. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of, I kind of live in the space. Maybe I'm delusional, but I live in the space of, it's actually kind of a good thing to have a quote unquote bigger baby. Your body can feel that and contract that baby down more efficiently than something that's almost quote unquote too small for your birth canal. And I know like we get it right. Our bodies get it right. Your body doesn't grow baby necessarily too small unless something's dramatically or drastically altered in there. Um, your body also doesn't grow a baby that's too big for your pelvis. You just need proper care. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my belief is that you need proper care to prep your body for that because there's a lot of changes that do take place. And then that of course leads to this new baby coming in September, October. Um, you know, we didn't find out the gender. We've been very hands-off with extra testing and things like that. We've decided to go the route of home birth. I think after birthing in a birth center, I felt confident enough to know that I could do that at home. And honestly, the only reason I really didn't do it at home the previous time is because I was kind of worried about something silly like, I don't know how to explain it. Just like, just being superficial a little bit. Like, ooh, could there be blood in my house? And is it gonna, is it gonna get everywhere? Or who's gonna clean it up? Or that's, we need to go somewhere in order to have a baby because that's what's ingrained in us, you know, from society. But um, I don't know. It was very empowering for me to get on the other side of that and see that we could do that very same thing in the comfort of our home. So that is our plan this time. I've been under consistent care myself with my husband and have to literally put myself on the schedule to make sure that we <laughs> adhere to that. Uh -huh. uh, but we are 31 weeks tomorrow and going strong. And I really feel like everything's in proper alignment. We're just going to keep doing that until it's time for that baby to come. Yeah. So, but even in between your first and second, clearly you had thoughts about this needs to be different because you went like a very different route even your second time yeah for um, sure what do you think it was that like sparked that we have to do something different this time what happened last time isn't what I want or isn't the only option I think the ladies who took care of me at the birth center were amazing I really do but I still think 
and it it really doesn't come down to just money for me. I, I think so much of the time our decisions are led by how much something's going to cost and we try to equate cost with value. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want an $8 haircut and that sounds better to you than a $500 haircut, well, an $8 haircut's probably going to be just that. The same thing is true for chiropractic. The same thing is true for how you, you prep for your birth. Just because something is cheaper doesn't always mean better. And it, the opposite is true too. But honestly, it is kind of money related a little bit when you really look into the fact that birth doesn't need to be overly medicalized, like it so often is. And it is really a natural part of life. And you are capable of doing it with power and confidence and great support. Um, I don't really need to be somewhere other than my home to do that then. You know, and it's like I said, it's not just financial. I will pay more money out of pocket to do it at home this time than any other time because I'm not going the route of insurance because right. it's not covered that same way. But the whole bill in of itself is like three times cheaper. So I think I just knew after getting on the other side of birth with my son that I could I do that at home. Knew that. <laughs> what do you say? Only insurance knew how much less they would have to pay if they just paid for home birth. Right. Or just like, hey, why don't we incentivize people because they're taking good care of themselves? And how different would the world look if we did that? Right. Um, And it actually costs you more to be sick, you know, and it's cheaper to be healthy. Uh, For sure. It would be crazy. But that's kind of where I got. It's like, I, I felt really supported. I felt really cared for in the birthing center environment. But. I just knew that I could, I could do that at home. I had, I could get the right birth providers and still people there rallying for me the way that they did at the birth center. I could do that at home. Plus my, I mean, if this kid is going to come quickly, like the last one, which may not be the case, but if he or she does, I don't have a lot of time. (laughs) I would like to try to enjoy the laboring process as much as possible in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. Yeah. Even from your first to your second, though, I'm curious, like, what was that, like, aha moment of, like, oh, I don't have to go back to a hospital? Like, yeah, was it through, like, the chiropractic, like, going down the chiropractic business route or, like, what? I'm always curious, like, how people get turned on to some of these alternative, like, options that aren't the mainstream because so many of us so many conversations that I have with moms, it is like, oh, I didn't know there was other options. I hear that so often. And I'm always curious what made them realize you do have other options. Like what was that aha light bulb moment? If yeah. Remember. <laughs> Maybe you that's don't. A good, no, that's a good question. Trying to pull that story out of me because I, you know, I always think that I know. And then now that you asked me that, it's hard to pin it on just one thing, but I think it's an accumulation of things between her and my son. And part, a huge part of that, I will say, is chiropractic. And my husband going to chiropractic school, coming home, talking to me after a long day about all the things you know he learned and you know was turned on to. And you know, we need to look at this. We need to explore that. He's very much the personality that is is 
comfortable with going a different route. Everybody wants to go down this path. He wants to go the opposite path. And it's not just in spite of, it's just that that's how his personality is. He's kind of a magnet for what is different or non-conventional. I think, (laughs) I think, yeah, I think him watching me give birth to our daughter scared him a lot. I think, Mm. you know, they're counting the tools at the very end. Um, we're realizing we're about to go from a family of two to a family of three forever. Um, there was a lot of white, a lot of, you know, it's, it's just so, like I said, medicalized. I think he felt entirely helpless and watching me go through that for so long, I think was also traumatic for him in terms of being a supportive spouse and then becoming a dad. And so while he's at school and he's learning all these things, I think he's trying to, preemptively look at how he can better support me um, and help me feel empowered too in my own body. And so there was just a lot of conversations at nighttime between the workday and him being at school because that's, that was his job. It's 33 hours, roughly a trimester. So there's no any other kind of work. Um, When we would reconvene in the evening, I was learning all of what he was learning at school. So we watched some documentaries. We went to some different seminars. Um, Sometimes people can take chiropractic and make it extremely weird. (laughs) And they're good intentioned people, but they can sometimes take it a little too far one direction. But um, for people like my husband and I, it's not that it's weird. It's, It's that your body's capable of things naturally and by design. And when you treat it properly, it's capable of doing all these things really effectively. But I think we live in such a sick, you know, deteriorating kind of world that everything is an ailment. Everything is a problem. So everything's medicalized, you know, and uh, I just really think he didn't want me to feel that way the second time around. So we started seeing a chiropractor ourselves that also opened us up to make some changes. I really looked forward to all of my prenatal chiropractic care and I did feel supported. I got a doula that time as another chiropractic student. <laughs> She's now a practicing chiropractor too. Um, I had her support. I had my husband and it was just really beautiful and serene. It was a lot less bright white and sterilization and this, that, and the other. It was just the right amount of support. And I don't know, like I said, once I got on the other side of that, on the, you know, past the pain and all the craziness, I really felt like I could do that again at home. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like for your husband, it's probably this weird paradigm shift happening for him where he's like watching this medicalized situation happen but then he's learning these other things and it's kind of like and I'm sure you've had these moments plenty and I've had plenty lately where it's like make this make sense like what about yeah. this makes sense what about this is supporting nature and physiology which is so so smart and how dare us to be like we're smarter than you nature like it's just yeah. it's kind of bizarre to me but it's also when you said sometimes people take it too far and it's crazy like sometimes a lot of people even hearing you say that about like we can like just support 
the body's natural ability to do what it already knows how to do, they think that's crazy. They're like, if an intervention exists, why wouldn't you use it? And it's like, well, why do we need to use interventions for everything and everyone across the board standard of care if not if not everyone's requiring them but yet people are being told that they need things that in my mind they don't need right and so it it's wild it is hard to like pinpoint maybe that moment but it's like once you open that can of worms and you start going down this more natural holistic lifestyle it just doesn't end like you just learn more and more and you can't unlearn it and it's just like there's so many rabbit holes. Yes, there is. And it's funny that you say that too, because I have, my grandparents are very much in my life and help take care of even my kids on occasion. And they're an hour and a half away from where we are, but they still find ways to be social, which I think is literally added years and length to their life. They'll come out and see us, even though we're an hour and a half away from where I grew up. And when they come out and talk to me about birth my grandpa he's hysterical he's just very dry and was born in 1933 in a house like he was a home birth baby that was that was just the norm and for him to learn that I was having a baby at home this time really puzzled him because like you said it's like why if we have interventions which I think in his mind equals support equals advancement why wouldn't I use that When, you know, in my mind, that's very hard to educate him on because, man, that person has seen a lot in his life. I mean, 1933 to now, like so much has changed. And I'm more surprised myself that he doesn't see how damning, I guess, some of this excess intervention has been. Like he's a smart man. He served in two wars. In fact, he was a medic in the Vietnam War. I mean, I know he knows some things, but for some reason, connecting A to B in terms of, okay, there are times when interventions are extremely helpful. There are times when Western medicine obviously serves a purpose. I'm not saying people need to come into our office when they've got a broken leg or they have, you know, they need a major surgery or something like that. Thank God there are interventions like that that exist with good doctors and and such but to medicalize every single thing especially in the birth space I find fault with that because I was on medications I had a catheter and I was laying on my back I had no energy I had very little water you know getting little sips of water here and there I wasn't eating any food I wasn't getting sleep and I was condemned to my back you know that didn't help me get my daughter here in my opinion, very quickly or efficiently. Um, in fact, one of the nurses had pointed out that my contractions were happening, which I couldn't feel at that time. And she said, they're so close together that they're not moving her down, you know, through the birth canal. So I know nobody wants to be in pain and I know birth is major, major pain. But like I said, um, as much as we would beg for anything else in the middle of labor, I really, really think feeling that pain that there's a purpose to that. There's a bigger reason that's happening and to let yourself feel something and to let yourself um, really sit in on what it is you're going through, whether that's birth or something entirely different. I think it allows your body to really communicate 
and I got my son out so much faster. Um, and you can attribute that maybe to other things, like perhaps, you know, it's your second pregnancy. Usually your second baby comes faster. Well, why is that? You know, um, it could be for a lot of different reasons, but I'm just saying, I, I tend to live in the space of need to feel that you're motivated to end that. And I got him here much quicker, active labor, maybe three hours, you know, instead of pushing for three and a half. So big differences. Well, it's crazy because we really, as a society, we don't think about some of those like consequences of like, for instance, pain relief, like some, some of those pain relief options, because it truly is. And I'm not saying that this is bad because sometimes this is exactly what moms need, but we are cutting off that body brain connection. Like that's, that's, that's actually scientifically what's happening. We are not allowing your brain to feel the pain because we're cut, like we're, we're eliminating those receptors to not be felt. And like, so you're right. Like there is a communication piece that gets lost. Um, And so it's just, it's just about, it's interesting too, what you said about your grandpa and I, I see it too with some of my grandparents and just the older generations. It's because what happens is, and I've seen this happen with many topics, especially in the last few years, the pendulum swings so far to the other side. It's not black and white. It's not that it's let's see the gray. Let's meet in the middle. Let's individualize care. Let's, look at things holistically instead of just like one little like tunnel vision in on one thing. It's like, this isn't just a baby. This isn't just a mom. This is a diet. Let's look at this. This isn't just pain. This is communication. This isn't just X, Y, Z. Like it's all connected. And for our grandparents and and some people that are in that mindset of like, well, if this exists, we should use it. You know, we have to honor that they lived in a time where some of these things didn't exist and people did die, right? People did see negative outcomes. But the pendulum swings so far to the other side where we're over-medicalizing and we are in a system where it's amazing when we need emergency surgery. It's amazing if we get in a car accident but this is a natural physiological process. <laughs> this is not a right. broken leg. This is not a car accident. Right. Right. It is. I, I think some of these things too, I, at least I like to think that some of the, the creations or manifestations of these things that we're kind of critical of now, I like to think that whoever started that little thought process, that little idea back in the day, whenever the day was, um, I like to think that they were good intentioned, at least at one point. Um, And there are obviously still doctors and still people practicing in Western medicine who are very good intentioned. So I'm not saying that that if people are in that space, that they are all ill-intentioned and they're bad people or anything like that. I just think that we do reach too much for convenience. Yeah. I mean, birth is hard, you know, obviously I'm not denying, I'm not denying that, but when convenience is there, when there's an ability to not feel something, we tend to lay that bandaid over ourselves very 
thickly, if you will. And uh, we just kind of go about our days. And I don't always think that that's the right option. I think you need to make communication in your body as efficient as possible because it doesn't eliminate life stressors. It doesn't eliminate all pain. But if you are connected, you're really centered, um, you're really able then to combat your daily stress and optimize your health, I think, to the best of your abilities. And by design, like that's how you were made to do it. You were not created with a pelvis that was too small to birth your baby. Um, Hallelujah. Say it louder for the people in the back. Not. <laughs> yeah. You're not really meant to birth a baby on your back if it feels right. Heck, I just um, supported one of our practice members in her birth on July 14th. And of all the positions she tried, but she moved around a ton that was the one that worked for her, you know, and it surprised me too. But she was like, isn't this bad? I said, well, you weren't here the whole time. You've been moving, you've been changing, you've been eating as much as you can, which is not a lot, but as much as you can throughout your laboring process, you've managed your pain here and there. The water almost worked too well for her. It was managing her pain really, really well. So she would kind of, things would escalate and then they would stall out. And once she got out of the water, it was like everything turned on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it sucked. It hurt a lot more outside of the water. But once she was able to feel that again, she finally hit that wall and finally hit that feeling of that that pushing need, you know, that sensation overcoming her where she couldn't turn that on or off. It was that overwhelming sensation the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so now she was motivated to get that baby out. Because of course, this is our first one. We told her, you know, like, you'll know. She was like, I think it's happening. And once she got out of the water, it was actually happening. Oh my God, I love that. And okay, so this story, two things you just said that I'm like, this is so good because A, the pushing on the back thing and B, the water thing. So this is a perfect example of there is no such thing as good or bad. It's literally like, what does your body need in this moment? Because we always think of pushing on your back as this bad thing, but in her case, it's what her body wanted. And we always think of like the bath is like this glorious thing. But in her case, she needed to actually get out of the bath in order to move things along. Like it's not this good, you know, this is the list of good. This is the list of bad. It's like, let's just be open. Let's just be fluid. Let's just like let mom lead. (laughs) Right. Right. And like know all your options, you know, since knowing you, that's something I've taken away from you too, which I really love is that, um, and that gets me extra passionate in what I do too, because I tell people on day two of educating them on our initial exams process, like the cards just need to be laid out. We want to be transparent by being transparent, we're being authentic. And then you get to make an informed decision. I always hope that anybody we sit down across the table from is going to sign up for care. But at the end of the day, if we're not their chiropractor, somebody else is. There's lots of different techniques. And just like you're a wonderful doula, and I know that without even having you as my own personal doula, I can just tell what the way that you are passionate about helping your clients and the way that you do things on social media, that that's just very much true. Um, but if you're not somebody's doula, somebody else is the right fit for them. And just ultimately where you and I super agree and align is the fact that people just need to be informed, not necessarily good, not necessarily bad. This is what worked for me might not work for you, 
But I just like to hear more providers, especially in the hospital space or in the birth space, say, this is actually what your options are and give them a second. And obviously that's not easy to do when somebody's in the middle of labor. You're not necessarily hearing everything that's being told to you. This can be happening in the middle of labor. This education can be happening way before birthday, guys. True. So of all the things you prepare for, you know, you prepare for your pediatrician, you prepare for your daycare. Why not do a better job of preparing for your birth team and what you want that experience to look like? Because I tell you, um, just from my own personal experience, I have the best husband and I have the best support at home. But when you leave a hospital or when you leave a birth center, I can't speak to the home birth part yet, but when you leave those places and go home to reality and you're holding a baby and your tummy's kind of flabby, you're bleeding, you know, nothing feels quite as beautiful or glowing as it did when you were pregnant. You're really <laughs> left in a vulnerable state. You want to make sure that you are properly cared for. Not that you neglect baby, but you're properly cared for. You're educated and informed the whole way. You're also educated and informed in the postpartum stages of things too. And you don't fall off of taking care of yourself because in terms of pecking order, we always as moms put ourselves last. And those are the people who typically need the care and the help the most. So, and we know this guys, but we cannot take care of our kids if we're not taking care of ourselves. Like we can't. And I I know had someone tell me this, I went to like an energy healing session on whatever day it was Tuesday. And she had to tell me that. And I'm like, I tell moms that like, but the fact is like, I needed to hear it too. (laughs) She's like, what do you do for you? I'm like, I have my business. She's like, no, but like outside of that, (laughs) I'm like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yep. I just told my dad the other day he needed to get a hobby. And then I was like, I mean, I don't have any right now. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know. Start doing prenatal. It, it is a season of life. Yeah. You're in the business, raising children, being pregnant, being a good wife. And you also think like, and I know you think very highly of your husband, but you also think like, Hey, if I don't do all these things, who else is going to do it for me? I think we just like things a certain way. So we have a hard time relinquishing that control. And letting things build up a little bit. Because for me, I think it'll drive me more crazy to let that happen. When really, I can stand to breathe a second too. I'm I'm under chiropractic care. I'm trying to rally my birth team. I'm trying to prepare for as stress-free of a pregnancy as possible. Um, just to optimize my birthing experience and my healing afterwards. But it's very hard to take your own advice. Although we really super duper need to. <laughs> I know that's why we have to tell each other the advice I I will say sometimes I'm like I'll give someone a piece of advice and I'm like hey can you just like put a pin in that and like tell it back to me in like 30 days because I'm probably going to need to hear what I just told you (laughs) yeah absolutely it's it's so true so true so if we have a few more minutes like what how are you looking on time well it's more like how long is my phone battery going to last? Not okay. long. Um, well, I wanted, if you have a little second, I just want to give you a second to tell us like what about chiropractic care does make it important to add into your prenatal like regimen? Yeah. Um, so the thing that I think is most important um, in terms of like prenatal or family wellness is that prenatally you are mostly working on that pelvis. It's not the only thing. We really look for 
we look at the neurology side of it, the neurological side of things. We're not your grandpa's chiropractors, what I've been telling people lately, where it's like <laughs> men, chiropractic, neck pain, back pain. No, um, any other, we'll just say standard chiropractor, I guess, is going to tell you that I can fix X, Y, and Z in fewer visits and for less money. The reason we aren't going to tell you that is because we're trying to get to the root cause. The musculoskeletal system and just addressing that alone is a great way to turn chiropractic, a natural drug-free remedy, into something of a band-aid solution if you do it that way. Um, so we're looking at root cause. Like if you have a head tilt, why do you have a head tilt? We're going to go to the root of things. And the same is true for prenatal care. The nervous system is the first thing to develop in utero. And so making sure your nervous system is optimized and your brain and body connection are communicating effectively in the way that they ought to be is going to not only help you have a smoother pregnancy and potentially labor and delivery, but it's going to support that neurological development in your baby too. We're looking to optimize pelvic balance. I mean, if you have a structural, I mean, you can do the stretches, you can do spinning babies. That's all wonderful things. And I think people should do that. But if you do all that without chiropractic care too, or implementing prenatal care, you are going to still maybe get baby in an optimal position for whatever position your pelvis is in. And that's it. So if your pelvis is tilted, baby's head is not going to come down on the cervix and help you dilate properly um, the way that you need to, where you might need some sort of intervention ultimately because of that. So a Webster certified chiropractor like Dr. Ryan is going to work a lot with pelvic alignment and making sure structurally that thing is sitting the way that it needs to. You just have, we have extra hormones anyway, ladies, right? You know, but when we're pregnant, we have so many more floating through our bodies to try to get things loosey goosey and ready for birth. It's a blessing, but there's also some cons that come with that. So having a Webster certified chiropractor balancing out your pelvis is just going to increase your chances of having a smoother labor and delivery. Yeah. Because even if you don't require an intervention due to this misalignment, potentially, like it could still mean like a longer, harder labor and none of us want that. No, I mean, there's never any guarantee, of course. Um, it's not to say that you won't, like I said, have pain or maybe have something of a challenge to overcome in the middle of labor and delivery, but you're setting yourself up a lot more ideally to have a smoother transition into the laboring process and then a smoother transition into birthing. And also, you know, another area where we tend to fall off is that postpartum care side of things. You know, we're taking care of a baby at home, we're tired, we're feeling kind of awful those first couple of weeks, but I really stress the importance of women getting back into the office or to their prenatal chiropractor um, as soon as possible because you don't want to immediately, again, go back to that pecking order of I'm going to treat myself last. Try to put yourself up there a little bit higher so that way you are, you're not only going to heal better, but you're going to do better for your family and your kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. And that's a perfect segue to my last question. I say last, but <laughs> so what are some things that you would say to someone and like that maybe they're doing to just balance this whole like 
motherhood, homeschool, but we're also business owners and I'm a mom and I'm like, like, what do you do to balance some of this? And like, what suggestions do you have for families, for women? I ask for help and I know love that one. I'm type A and it kind of is hard for me to do that sometimes. Excuse me, but I ask for help. I feel a little guilty sometimes doing it, but I ask for help and I count my blessings at the end of the day because of that help and those friendships that have been formed because I'm getting it, because I'm asking for it. And like I said, we take our own advice. We get adjusted regularly too. Um, We have to literally put ourselves on the schedules to make sure that we make time for us. You will never have enough time to do these things. You'll never have enough time to implement chiropractic care. You have to make it and you have to prioritize that because your body is the one home you have to live in your entire life. Mm -hmm. So whatever your stress looks like, physical, emotional, mental, chemical, whatever it is, or a combination of all of them, you're never going to totally eliminate that. You just need to make sure you've basically sharpened the knife and you're taking care of your body and you're able to adapt in those stressful situations as efficiently as possible. So for me, it's definitely asking for a lot of help. I don't get a lot of one-on-one time, but every once in a while I get to run to the store by myself. Thank goodness. Um, I have a very helpful spouse and yeah, I mean, help spouse, chiropractic care, all those things, lots of blessings, lots of prayers at the end of the day, for sure. Yeah. And gosh, for anybody listening, that's like, okay, but I don't have a spouse and I don't have my parents closed or I don't have, you know, it's like, think outside the box. Who can you ask for help? You know, can your kids help with things? Can you, you know, can they do more chores? Can you ask for, you know, does your neighborhood have a teenager that could watch your kids a couple hours a week? Do, do you have a church? Yep. Family? Like there's yep. so many options and we have to take off the perimeters and just like allow ourselves to open ourselves up to this help because it is especially as like ambitious type a women it's like even asking for help is hard enough yeah and I I mean just for the record for anybody who is listening I I my parents are my last option to call I don't have come from a situation where I like to ask them for help they're not I love them but it's not the best yeah. So you do. Charlie, I think we may have lost her. Um, so I know she said her phone was dying and she was actually, um, so awesome to give us more of her time because she had to actually get back to the office anyways. So I feel so blessed that we were able to squeeze this conversation in despite traffic and me taking all three kids to the midwife with me and some just, whew, it was a day, but I'm so grateful for this conversation. Hopefully we can have another one even, and I will be sure to put all of Carly's, um, like social media handles and website for the office that her and her husband run here in Kansas city locally. Um, Ascension chiropractic they're in Raymore, which is South of the Kansas city area. And I will also, like I said, I'll link their social media because even if you are not local and you're listening to this, I want you to 
follow them on social media, take into account some of the, um, the things that they're sharing because social media is awesome in that way that we can learn from people that are not in our city and just have another mom to connect to another mompreneur, another, you know, fellow like-minded, ambitious woman, mom, business owner who is doing things her own way, who is in the driver's seat of her life, who is truly doing motherhood her own way. I love that she said that about the homeschool hybrid. I'm totally going to pick her brain about that later. Um, And just like, we don't have to just fall in line. We do not have to just do the conventional just because. And if you are, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that ask yourself why. Ask yourself if you if what you're doing is actually in alignment with your desires and your values and where you envision your life in five years, 10 years. Are you on the trajectory to getting yourself there? Because if not, give yourself permission to start making a change whether that be for your health or your career or how you are as a mom. And I am preaching to myself here when I say this as well, because I am going through a lot of transitions myself as just like, you know, being a business owner, being a mom, adding to our family unexpectedly, but also being very excited about it and counting my blessings, but also realizing that I am not always showing up as the mom I want to show up as. And, you know, people applaud me for being so ambitious and persevering and driven. But I find that sometimes that drive and that ambition actually gets the best of me and makes me not show up as the mom I want to show up as and makes me put pressure on myself that is unnecessary. And so um, we're all in this together. None of us have arrived. We're all just at different stages. And if you feel alone or like you're the only one going through what you're going through, I guarantee you you're not. And I hope that if you're listening to this and you resonate with any of this, um, that you reach out. Reach out to Carly. Reach out to me. I'll put my Instagram in the show notes of this as well. But just like, Find me on Instagram and literally send me a DM because I want to talk to you. I want to have conversations with you. You know, this podcast is awesome, but I put it out into the abyss and I don't know who's listening to it. I don't, I'm not having a conversation with you on the other end listening when you're like, oh my God, thank God I'm not the only one or amen or you're out, you know, you're in the car listening and you're like, hell yes. Like, I don't know that. So reach out to me. Let's chat about it. I want to know what you agree with, what you disagree with, what you want more information on, what you want to hear, what you appreciate hearing, what, like all the things. Um, yes. So though this podcast is not actually like solely a pregnancy and birth podcast. I know that 
most of my episodes have kind of been pregnancy and birth related, but I always hope that you're also catching those, those nuggets of these moms are also business owners or career women or, you know, passionate about the thing that they're doing, because I would love to even get some like full-time stay-at-home moms who like full-time homeschool moms like on here and talk to them because that's also what they're passionate about. And they are also paving their own way. And they're also doing motherhood their way in a time where, you know, careers are glorified and hustle is glorified. And, you know, we're applauded for just taking that six week maternity leave and getting back to the grind. Like that's bullshit too. So like, let's just all be in this together as moms paving our own ways, doing what works for us, what works for our families and supporting each other and learning from each other. And, you know, my goal with this podcast would honestly be to bridge some of those gaps of like, you're different than me, but I can see why you do that differently. Um, or that's not how I would do it, but I respect that that's what works best for you. And we don't have to make someone else wrong in order to be right what if we're all right? (laughs) What if I get to be right and you also get to be right? What if the stay-at-home mom gets to be right and the full-time working mom also gets to be right? Because that's what works for each individual family. And like, anyways, I'm going off on a tangent, but thank you all for tuning in today. I would love to know what you thought of this episode. I would love to know, you know, did you change your, uh, birth process from birth one to birth two to birth three. Um, Did you start to open your eyes to some of the more like natural things and holistic things and, you know, maybe seeing that birth is a little more medicalized than we need. Did you, um, did you find yourself putting your kid in full-time school and then pulling them out or starting homeschooling and realizing it wasn't for you and putting your kid in school? Or are you a business owner? Like, I, I want to know where we relate and what, what you got out of this. And I just hope that we are able to chat soon. Check the show notes for all of the ways to get in touch with me, with Carly. And, um, Yeah, we'll talk soon, guys. Bye.